Jack, Levi. The Book Club from Hell. Hello everyone, it's Jack, and this is Book Club from Hell, the podcast where we talk about the books you've never wanted to read. The more astute among you will have noticed that we've changed our name. Formerly, Are We the Crazy Ones, we now go by Book Club from Hell. The name change was prompted by both Levi and me, independently of each other, describing this podcast to friends as kinda like a book club from hell. For those who've listened to previous episodes, the reasoning behind this description should be clear. For the uninitiated, we look for books that push beyond what is considered acceptable in polite society, or just plain old society, really. Our extremism is ecumenical. We're perfectly happy with left or right, misogynist or misandrist, blithely optimistic, or blackpilled to oblivion. So long as it's sitting far outside the Overton window, we'll probably try to read it. To go along with this new name, we've made a Twitter account and a website. If you want to hear more from us, but are worried that this podcast is just too considered, then I can recommend at bookclubhell666 on Twitter. Otherwise, www.bookclubfromhell.com is a wonderful website that I recommend without reservation. Now, housekeeping time's over. Do you like dolphins? Well, no matter how strongly you feel about them, I know someone who likes them even more. Ilona Selke, a German telepath, mystic, author, television host, musician, businesswoman, healer, explorer of subtle dimensions, and cetacean enjoyer. And for this episode, Levi and I read one of Selke's more well-known books, Wisdom of the Dolphins. Now, a bit of background. Selke was born in the Himalayas to a German family, living in Afghanistan for the first three years of her life before her father's death prompted her family to return to Germany. When she was 20, Selke moved to the United States of America to study philosophy and comparative religion. Unfulfilled, Selke moved on to bigger and better things, joining forces with her husband, John Paris, PhD, to explore the fields of holodynamics, psychotronics, the SE5, radionics, body-centered psychotherapy, meditation, massage therapy, breathing therapy, hakomi, gestalt therapy, dolphin research, and so much more. On the business side of things, for 10 years, Selka and Paris operated Dolphin Watch Incorporated, a dolphin watching boat in Key West, Florida. The married couple has also founded Living From Vision, a corporation dedicated to teaching about the quantum understanding of reality whereby consciousness interacts with matter. So a bit more about this episode's book, Wisdom of the Dolphins. It's a whirlwind tour of several strands of Selka thought, brought together by the connecting narrative of Ilona and her husband travelling to various tropical locales and swimming with dolphins. We get to hear about the holographic universe, which, as I understand it, describes reality as a projected illusion within the universe, itself a conscious construct. That is, a construction of our consciousnesses, as such, by visualising things that we desire via the method of image transformation, we can manifest our desires in this reality. We also hear plenty about the telepathic capabilities of dolphins and their transcendent wisdom. Time travel, hopping between quantum multiverses on a whim, ascending to higher dimensions, talking to Jacques Chirac's soul in an out-of-body experience. This book has a lot going for it. So, brave explorers of quantum mysticism, I invite you to join Levi and me in our quest to look beyond mundane clockwork reality 
and partake in the wisdom of the dolphins. Enjoy. I don't know why we're recording this podcast over the internet using the crappy human technology and why we don't just stream directly psychically to each other's brains and also psychically to all our audience all three audience members <laughs> that'd be pretty good i mean you'd save on infrastructure costs yeah we'd probably it'd probably be a pretty good wouldn't need to edit the there. podcast afterwards no if we could just perfectly stream it into people's brains <laughs> We wouldn't even need to have a conversation. We could just, like, make them feel the way... Yeah. We might even pick up some more audience members if dolphins listen. <laughs> We've got a whole new market, <laughs> the dolphins. We crack the dolphin market. Whales are pretty telepathic. So <laughs> yeah. we might get a few whales, but they're not, there aren't that many of them. So yeah, it's not, it's not the cold, main so market a, I would chase, the market whale market. Well. Probably not going to go yeah. the orcas. They're, they're definitely in decline, so... Declining probably, probably won't go after the whales, like, but dolphins we we might we might chase that that segment of the market. Yeah, I think that's maybe, a good there idea. There might be other telepathic species out there that we don't know about. Maybe orangutans. They feel they have pretty highly developed neocortex. Did so. Sel- I don't think Selkie ever talked about. No, she didn't. She didn't talk about any of the other apes. I'm saying we might be able to find some other telepathic animals. <laughs> I'd assume that if there were another strongly telepathic species on Earth, she would have mentioned it in the, <laughs> in the exhaustive time that is Wisdom of the Dolphins. <laughs> yes. So when so how, I... So, this, this book is my responsibility, as in I was the one who proposed it. <laughs> when, when I told you that did, I wanted to do um, Wisdom of the Dolphins, how did you feel? Um, how did I feel when you recommended this book? I... um. I rolled my eyes a little bit at the title of the book. <laughs> I, just, I just knew as soon as you said, it, I was just like, "Oh God, it's gonna, I know." The, I know. The title was exactly the same, exactly be, the thing be. that made me want to do it. It's a really strong title. Yeah, yeah. Um, I almost feel like I didn't need to read the book based on the title. It was exactly what I was expecting it was going to be. I'm going to have to disagree with you there because it was a lot wackier than I would have I anticipated. So you started Psychic. reading it before me and I remember you messaging and saying that this thing goes from it goes from zero to batshit in 0.6 seconds. Yeah, you could say she really jumped the shark pretty early uh, Jack. <laughs> Anyways, yeah, it it's it's like page two. She starts talking about, I don't know, telepathically transporting herself to a different timeline in the multiverse or something like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The, there's a lot of interdimensional hopping and a lot of hopping backwards and forwards through time. And there's a persistent character called the Time Traveller. Yeah, the Time Traveller. But... Who presumably is based on a real person that she just doesn't name. Anyway, should we should we like sort of <laughs> give the outline this of book this is, book? <laughs> this book is thoroughly disorganized. And so the way we're gonna do this is we're just gonna talk about <laughs> odd stories she gives. Because basically this whole book is it has a very loose narrative about her going from not appreciating the telepathic potential of dolphins to embracing the telepathic potential of dolphins and also getting all sorts of superpowers in the meantime, 
like being able to time travel. Mm. But really, it's just it's a succession of strange events that happen to her and her beloved Don. <laughs> oh, Don. Don. Good old what Don. What a sweetheart. Is, are they married? He's either her husband or her boyfriend, but it's Don features. Some sort. Yeah, he, he features very heavily. Her beloved. Her betrothed. Yes. Her beloved Don. With his blue <laughs> eyes like an angel. That came up a few times. Angelic Don. Yeah. Yeah. I just love How that his I... name is Don. How... It's so it's just so Don. pleasant. Don. So uh <laughs> What would you so what would your I'm not gonna say two sentence summary because I'll I'll run straight over that, but <laughs> what would your brief summary of this book Okay, try be? and keep it to a nutshell for the audience, for the people who don't want to listen to the subsequent conversation. <laughs> Jack's <About> mom. <laughs> wisdom of the dolphin. <laughs> here's the here's the sub two-hour summary of the book. You should um, read it. You should read it. That's the summary. Ooh, sorry, my phone's ringing. Sorry, I'll turn that off. Um, <clears throat> yes, so... What is the wisdom of the dolphins? So, uh, high-level summary is this woman, uh, Ilona, or I'm not sure how you pronounce her. I think she's German. So, Ilona Selke. Um, I apologize if I've botched that completely. <laughs> this lady claims to have figured out how to time travel using her imagination and to transport to different parts of the universe and commune with sort of psychic entities and then through her imagination change reality and change the course of history and events. And one of the many skills that she has with regards to her psychic superpowers is the ability to telepathically communicate with dolphins and it's basically the story of how she came about having this special set of abilities yeah that's pretty, yeah that's a pretty summary i think i don't know if i have I think you, should, you should probably add that's that in many places in this book she starts advertising for her course living through vision <laughs> that's about two thirds of the way. Bucks. I think. I think it is actually. Um, um, like in sales funnels, you have you like drip feed, and you you um you increase the level of commitment that people have to the purchase. So a really classic example of this is like when you go to a website and you get a free PDF. That PDF is like a hook to get you in. To the sales funnel and then if somebody follows a link to a course through that pdf they're already like pre-qualified so if somebody goes to ilona and says hey i read your book she already knows they're fucking on board like <laughs> like they're ready to go so this is a this is a filtering um pamphlet i think partially to do a 700 dollar course <laughs> i also found a dolphin she's she's an avid flautist as as she reveals in the book so i listened to some flautist? of the tunes on spotify don's oh, got oh, some flautist music no, as well. she plays the flute yes yes yeah 
I think if if it is actually her playing the flute, which I'll take her word for it on her on Don's beautiful albums, Tibetana two and Tibetana three, which you can find on Spotify. It's quite pleasant for new age music. There's nothing nothing to complain about. Would I listen to yeah. Don uh, Don Paris PhD? Would I prefer to listen to Don Paris PhD or Burzum? I'll take I'll take Don Paris. Thank you very much. Although Jack might disagree. <laughs> There's a lot less white nationalism in their music than Burzum. <laughs> it's a night and day difference. So this this book's been pretty interesting because. We, we were discussing the gender imbalance of the people we've covered on this show and we realised we were looking in the wrong place to find <laughs> authors who weren't men. Once you go new age... Oh, the, the, oh boy. The, yeah, oh boy. The, the gender world diversity of flips. Yeah, the world of female yeah, this insanity is, um, opens up to you. <laughs> if you didn't feel so, like you had enough female insanity in your life, just go go down to like a, a yogic bookshop or something. Yeah, I find that is a massive generalisation. Male insanity when it comes to extreme books involves a lot more violence. It's 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 far more brutal in than our male kookiness. As internet anthropologists, yeah, with specialisations in human insanity, <laughs> we've noticed a strong gender imbalance. Men tend to be violent, or like at least advocate violence and homicidal, and extremely strongly authoritarian. Extremely strongly authoritarian. Even even what people like say Terence McKenna, who say that they're not authoritarian, are still very prescriptive. They give you a book and say, "Okay, in this is how you should behave." Yes. Whereas and this book is, it's very much an internal journey. It's Ilana discovering that she can time travel by talking to dolphins. And then she says, look, if you want to learn about it too, that's on you. I've got a $700 course that you can come to if you're interested. <laughs> it's, <laughs> there's not as much of an authoritarian streak. Yeah. It's. We we segued into this well too because Evola was was new agey woo woo fascism and this is just woo woo <laughs> and we removing have a a, fascism a from nice most transition. if not all things improves them so this is an improvement on Evola if you if you so we went Mussolini Evola Selka which is full fascist no woo 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 fascist and then full woo woo no fascist. <laughs> Which is a great progression. <laughs> I'm very happy. With this one. Yeah. So, so um, look. Uh, points. Ilona points. All she talks about is love and transforming your inner being and letting your love radiate out into the world and making heaven yeah. on earth and talking to dolphins. She isn't advocating for like a strong <laughs> class hierarchy or or like Not a absolute single war hint. in Europe. Of anti-Semitism. Not a single hit, not, not once. Not a smidgen of anti-Semitism, no which anti-Semitism. for this show is amazing. No murder. No, no genocide. No male bombs. Yeah. No racism. No, it, no racism. <laughs> it's very, apart, and yet, she's still the craziest one we've read. <laughs> yeah, it's... <laughs> it's almost... I, I'm not saying she's psychotic, but... Some of these 
some of her stories just sound like psychotic episodes. Just the complete break from consensual reality. When her body dissolves, she turns into a pillar of light and ascends to a, a, a much higher dimension, which is populated by dolphins. So, according to the Wikipedia page, <laughs> authoritative source on, on everything, um, magical thinking, uh, in psychiatry, magical thinking is, is a disorder of thought content. Here it denotes the false belief that one's thoughts, actions, or words will cause or prevent a specific consequence in some way that defies or circumvents <laughs> commonly understood laws of causality. <laughs> And that that will be super super relevant because super she relevant. I think she she she's averted at least some nuclear tests by imagining yeah. by by her, her, her technique of personality image transformation. Yeah. yeah. She I so, I've I've no doubt she has some sort of like psychiatric disorder. <laughs> <laughs> what do you reckon it's like to occupy the subjectivity of someone like this? It's probably pretty good. Oh, I think she's having. A, she, no, oh, is she having a grand old time? I reckon. I reckon stuff that she's, she's left out of the book. A good time. Here's, here's what I I disagree with, Jack. See, I reckon that's probably stuff that she's left out of the book, and she's freaking out at times. The things are just like haywire. I think it's really chaotic in her world, and she's just reporting on the stuff that. Will get her to sell her course. <laughs> <laughs> there, there has been a bit of um, there were a few instances of of trying to sell stuff. One, the living through vision course, but also Don really likes new technology, especially I think it's called an SE five. Yeah, I couldn't quite SE5. work out what. No, I couldn't work out what it measures. I couldn't even find the measurement units of whatever is measured. But it's used to measure something, and Don really likes it. And it was recommended that you purchase an SE5 for one of Don's courses on how to use the SE5. So, so she started talking about the SE5, and I'm like, wait a second, did you? Did I miss something? <laughs> did you actually explain what the SE5 is? I had SE5 to look it up does? on the internet, but I couldn't work out what it was. So let me see SE5, SE5, Don Paris. We must just have such an eclectic mix of Google searches. <laughs> yeah, my uh, my Amazon recommended the books. SE five. The future has arrived. Can you find the units of measurement though? They talk about vibrations a lot, but so let's okay. I, I can't work out what it is. Regal, regaining wholeness through the subtle dimensions. This has opened up a whole new category of crazy. Within our <laughs> podcast, Jack, it's it's yeah. phenomenal because now we get to talk about Deepak Chopra. We get to talk about all the people that uh, they reference. Like, uh, there's another person they referenced. Uh, oh yeah, Yuri Geller, Yuri Geller, Deepak oh, the Chopra, spoon all the psychics. Yeah, yeah, and uh, and oh, that's maybe right. that. Fuck, is it? There was a scene in this book where they literally were bending spoons with their minds. It's every New Age trope she's managed to cram into 200 pages. The 200 rambling pages. So It's no. quite rambling. You could, prob you could basically abstract everything that happens in this book as follows. Basically, Ilona is 
She has some sort of experience that suggests to her she should travel to somewhere tropical with Don. They go somewhere tropical. They have a spiritual experience, which often involves dolphins, either the hint of dolphins, as in the dolphins aren't physically with them, but she'll be meditating and then ascend through dimensions or go forward or back in time and commune with dolphins that way. Or there'll be, there'll be dolphins around her and she'll be snorkeling or something. She'll have a spiritual awakening and realize some deep truth about the universe, which is oftentimes it, kind of the same realization, but she has this realization many times. And then she vows to learn more about it. And that basic structure just repeats itself and then the book ends. And <clears throat> just so people know what our what our subjective experience of this book was like, <laughs> it's it's 200 pages with no paragraphs and no chapters. It's, it's pretty tiring. And it just, and she hops, it's borderline stream of consciousness. It's like she was just writing and when she'd remember something like, oh, this event happened, she would just write it down like oh and then i remembered this and then i was talking to this person who reminded me of this other thing <laughs> and and then at some point and then she the would time traveler the showed up scene. and then the time traveler showed up and then i had this psychic like uh not psychedelic because she thinks it's real like cosmic interdimensional internal experience she'll describe that for like a few pages and then she'll jump back to the original scene or something like that yeah so <laughs> It was, I think, okay, this is what I think her subjective experience is like, Jack. I think it's pure <laughs> chaos. <laughs> That's what I think. I think she is just having a grand old play time. She, she's pretty much walking around on acid all the time. <laughs> I just hope that for her like sake that, that, she's not, that she's not having, as I said before, that she's not having like the opposite of this as well, which is like psychotic magical thinking of like really pernicious or malicious sorts. I hope she's just having like fun with dolphins for her sake. It'd be really nice. <laughs> Sounds like a nice yeah. life. <laughs> if you truly believed it, it would feel like a very meaningful life. Cause yeah. Well, she's dedicated you've got, her life. You've to got, it. <laughs> she's got a few things that she says that the absolute essence of the world, there's all that is, there is oneness. There's the there's some sort of toroidal structure that she talks about as some, something about a, a a black hole and a white hole being near each other, and the black hole takes in negative energy and it exits through the white hole in a purified positive form. Yeah, <laughs> and she kept talking about that, and I never really quite understood it she quite likes quantum physics and i don't understand quantum yeah physics, this is why we so. needed to start reading deepak chopra dude he's the one he is the one he is the progenitor of of uh he's the one who introduced introduced the new age people to quantum physics <laughs> <laughs> and they, field, they all love it that i'm supremely <laughs> qualified hippies, to talk about they'll start talking about like quantum physics and you're like mate you have not read a goddamn single physics book in your life don't start <laughs> talking to me about quantum physics <laughs> there's uh there's a friend's friend who um i got into not an argument about but a discussion about astrology 
with, and he really likes astrology. Um, and I just asked questions. I didn't even like argue with the guy. I just asked him some questions and he, he got really angry about it, about asking questions. And then he started wanting to talk about, uh, like quantum physics and stuff. And, uh, the way that they claim that the subjectivity of the observer of the exper- of the experiment changes the experiment itself. And I'm like, mate, can you just explain the experiment to me before he's done making claims about <laughs> the ability of the subjective observer being able to change the experiment itself? Like, how does the experiment work? <laughs> it's, no, you can't. <laughs> it's just dumb. They never got as far as the double slit experiment. No, well, that's what they're trying to... That's what that's the experiment they're referring to, is the double slit experiment. That's the one that they refer to. It's like, no, <laughs> you don't even understand the experiment. Tell me how the experiment works. <laughs> no. So it's just... What is it? Anyways. There are, there are a few pillars, I guess you could say. So this isn't a particularly rigorous book. It's not like Evola where there are, he'll have some sort of... He'll have a series of precepts that you follow and his conclusions flow on from those in a fairly coherent way. This book doesn't really have that, but there are a few things, I guess, that are important. There's image transformation, which um, is a technique that she, she discovered from a time traveller in Arizona uh, that has really helped her life. I'm trying... Uh, so, here's the logic. I'm, I'm laughing and I, I'm, I'm sounding too smarmy. Uh, no, okay, okay. okay. It's I'll just very you. hard I'll not I'll to do. Jack. Okay, so I'm going to preface this with... This is from msdmanuals.com. <laughs> and this is, a, this is a description from the DSM-5, the Diagnostical and Statistical Manual 5, which is psychology sort of diagnosis. Um, it says a psychiatry, yeah. It says, in schizotypal personality disorder, cognitive experiences, <laughs> cognitive experiences reflect a more florid departure from reality. reality. For example, ideas of reference, paranoid ideas, bodily illusions, and magical thinking, and a greater disorganization of thought and speech than occurs in other personality disorders. I'm just putting that out there. I'm just saying <laughs> this is something schizotypal, schizotypal personality disorder, STPD, is, is a thing. It's just a thing. Anyways, so vision transformation. What's is- like, don't you, I came across in my notes while you were saying that this quote, which just illustrates what you were talking about. So she, okay. No, so let's... She's got this story. I'm getting distracted already. <laughs> At the start of the book, there's a story. <laughs> there's a story about what kicked off their interest in dolphins, and it was they were on a plane, and they they were on a plane to Hawaii, and got some sort of vision of dolphins, and. <laughs> So she talks about how she's sitting next to Don and they've worked out how to communicate telepathically. (laughs) And she says, blue luminous light shone forth from his inner being, sensing my every thought and feeling. 
So they're they're sitting on a plane together, telepathically communicating. And and Don is perceiving her naked in her uh <coughs> her inner being. Yeah. A spiritual and, nakedity next to one another, intertwined in heart. And they were thinking about the quantum universe as opposed to the Newtonian universe. So the Newtonian universe is a dumb idea for dumb people. And it's clockwork universe. You know. Yeah. It says that <laughs> you we, know, we stupid things no like will, a body will stay in motion unless yeah, acted everything's <laughs> mechanical by but an external force. Most importantly, it's really boring. Yeah, that seems it's no to be fun. one of her main <laughs> criticisms of it. It's just not fun. So therefore <laughs> quantum a fun person. Quantum physics are are true. Newton sounded pretty pretty fucked in the head. He was probably quite oh, I don't know if he, he had say pretty he magical fun, thinking. He was an alchemist. He wasn't yeah. fun. He sounded like an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> he was pretty bogus, but I think you know, if he, we he could, invented if calculus we could boil... in his spare time. If we could boil the world down to yeah, in his spare time, <laughs> if as well as as well as putting England on the fucking gold standard, the goddamn little tyrant. <laughs> so, Sound money. <laughs> no, no, take. Sorry, it, he took them off the gold standard. Wait, Isaac Newton? Yeah, <laughs> Newton took them off. What? The, yeah, he helped justify. He was like the person who was trying to figure out how to like what ratio to set exchange rates at bunch of bullshit with his alchemy stuff he did a bunch of good stuff that was not so good yeah and he gave us this idea of the newtonian universe rather than the quantum dolphin verse i'm just going to put this out there as an internet anthropologist we could archetype archetypically archetypically (laughs) that's the one (laughs) uh decompose the intellectual development of the species into two buckets because as we've read from terence mckenna that's a perfectly legitimate way to to slice up the intellectual (laughs) development of the world um (laughs) so what we can do is we can think okay what are the various uh psychiatric and psychological disorders that humans have (laughs) well one of the major ones is autism and autism-like disorders. <laughs> and the other one mm-hmm. is schiz- schizophrenia and schizoid-like disorders. And throughout the world's history, it's been a battle between these two giants <laughs> of intellectual <laughs> disorders. And at the moment, we are living in the age of autism where we have autists like Isaac Newton who have dominated the world with their mechanical clock world vision clockwork vision of the universe and they have suppressed the schizoid personality types and their vision of a quantum <laughs> world such as Elona. and all we're doing on this show is saying hey there are other perspectives other than the autists all right it's not just the autistic physicists who get to tell us what the world is like we also need to listen like you know what i think she'd be a big fan of david deutsch you know <laughs> all about that quantum computation <laughs> What's his view on time travel? Because she does that a lot. On, the, on the, so back to the airplane story. She and Don are I think they would agree on the with airplane. And what listeners? I want you to imagine you're a passenger nearby. So there's there's a German woman and her blue-eyed partner staring at each other um, and communicating telepathically next to you. staring at one another. <laughs> Duration of the trip from LAX to to Maui. <laughs> Deeply staring into one of his eyes. And it was on this plane that they discovered 
they discovered the power of image transformation, although they didn't know yet that this was image transformation because the plane was going to be super delayed, really delayed. They were flying to Hawaii and they weren't happy about that because they wanted to get to Hawaii. So they decided to change universes to a universe where the plane wasn't delayed. Right? And they did this. And then an announcement came over the PA that in five minutes, the plane was going to take off. And then QED, you can travel between dimensions and you can also time travel. She she does time travel quite a bit. And and then, no. So you're still the person sitting next to them. She says, happily... We got our things together and walked down the aisles of our new universe airplane. It didn't look much different from the other universe in which we would have had to wait for several hours. As a matter of fact, if I hadn't experienced this process so many times before, as an aside, changing universes, I easily could have written it all off as coincidence. (laughs) So you've got these these two... Space cakes wandering <laughs> up and down the airplane, <laughs> staring at people, going, Oh man, this new universe looks so much like the other universe we were in. It looks so much like the other plane. However, if I hadn't just universe jumped, I could have been mistaken. I witnessed it with my own eyes. I jumped universes. <laughs> Yeah, so that story kind of sums kind up of the experience of reading this book. Imagine that story for over 200 pages, and that's Wisdom and, of the Dolphins, and although the it does the, get weirder. At the end of each like iteration of this story, whether it's with dolphins or whatever, she says, could it have been a coincidence? I don't think so. <laughs> yeah, like, no, it couldn't the, have been a coincidence. This is the Terence McKenna thing, where he repeatedly goes, oh, look... I'm just being scientific. I'm just observing the facts and putting them together so that you can make your own, you can draw your own conclusions from this corpus of knowledge that I've assembled, all of these observations of mine. However, he then goes on to act as if what he believes is is completely true. The pictorial evidence seems incontrovertible, (laughs) as he said. (laughs) The B-man. And similarly to this, Every now and then she'll go, hmm, maybe it was a coincidence. And then in the next paragraph, she'll say, yeah, I was traveling through time and I became an Aztec priestess. <laughs> or I was a Native or American on the Trail of American. Tears. Yeah, in Oregon. Or <laughs> I, experienced, I experienced the suffering of the Native Americans. I, and she's not like, I empathized with and tried to imagine. No, she, she was view. there. No, she, no, I literally embodied a person <laughs> having that experience how many years ago felt it directly (laughs) whilst i'm in some teepee with like with like a shaman or something like beating his little drum over the top of me (laughs) like this is just oh man so this i want to meet people like this i'm not not totally sure i do actually (laughs) So, so, so image transformation. It, Let's explain that. 
I, I just want to yeah go. okay so in image transformation <laughs> it's a very rambly episode <laughs> much like oh, Elena. it's it, it it is not possible or maybe it's possible but i just don't know how you order this stuff because definitions of things like image transformation also just keep changing so image transformation <clears throat> you use your imagination to obviously imagine something an image <clears throat> and what what you want say like say for example i don't know hypothetically you really love dolphins and you're really upset by the fact that the fishing industry in particular tuna fishing you know kills a lot of dolphins look for, <laughs> for example i don't know just a random example and yeah, just so you know imagine you might imagine for example being looking at the planet from outside and you can see energy sources like glowing luminous energy sources in say i don't know japan the gulf of texas and southern california and you realize like oh these energy sources are the energy of the comp the ma three major fishing companies in the world that are killing all the dolphins and you decide okay what if i talk to one of these energy sources and you go and have a conversation with the southern californian energy source and you start talking to that energy source and it turns out it's the leader it's it's the energy of the leader of the californian company and you ask it oh why are you doing this and the energy source just innocently explains well we employ people we've got responsibilities to our shareholders and also, our tuna feeds millions of people. Like, we're just trying to do the right thing. But then you say, well, you know what? You're also killing a lot of dolphins. And there's a lot of people that are really upset by your dolphins. And mm. actually, if mm. they found out about all the dolphins you kill, might stop eating your tuna. And that would also affect all the people that you employ and stuff. So then the Californian leader energy source might say, you know what? That's a really good point. We hadn't thought about that. Maybe there's an alternative. Maybe there's some other way that we can catch our dolphin, uh, catch our tuna without killing all these dolphins because we don't give a fuck about the tuna's suffering. <laughs> we only care about the dolphins. <laughs> they're just dumb fish. They're not they're telepathic. Dumb fish. They're, they're not, they haven't undergone millions of years of high prefrontal cortex evolution, unlike dolphins. Oh, models. man, she's got that stuff about dolphin brains. Anyway, so, yeah, continue. You can, and then you w reach this agreement like, yes, Okay, in you st this is in your imagination, right? You're you're an energy bulb, like a like a, a globe of light floating through the universe. You've come down from outer space to Southern California, and you're like having a, a psychic communication session with the energy globe. That's like a different energy globe. <laughs> in a, in a, oh yeah, yeah, it's in a high dimension. I <laughs> don't know about that. It's superior to somehow more morally right or something. I don't know. So she's having this conversation or you're having this conversation with this energy ball over the top of like a sea 
the coast of Southern California. You reach this agreement and then they go their way. That globe goes back to the company. You go back to your body in the quote unquote real world or the lower three slash four dimensional realm of our normal bodies and in space time. And then you come to and you realize like, oh, that that was really wonderful. I expressed my truest intentions and I was able to manifest this inner experience. And then say like three or four months later, you're having a conversation with somebody else about tuna and dolphins and whales and stuff. And they mentioned to you, hey, did you hear that this major company in Southern California who uh, kills all these dolphins have decided to change their fishing practices and now not killing all these dolphins? What could that just be? What? Whoa, man. Is it a coincidence? coincidence? I think not. I think not. The pictorial evidence is... So that is image transformation. Some inner experience, you strongly envision something happening. You express your your deepest desires. You let your imagination go wild. And then that inner transformation will actually manifest itself in in the external world. And so the story of how she came across image transformation is really worth going through. <laughs> and then and then the the highest application that at, at least at the time of writing this book that she has achieved I with hope she's image transformation. Something even better. Even better, yeah. Well she talked going to higher and higher dimensions. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> at least when this book she talked to a French president. <laughs> but so first, where did she first come across um, image transformation? Well, it was at the Psychotronic Conference, which is a gathering of alternative scientists. Oh, this is what the go to this conference, Don, man. Don was was doing his thing here with the SE five, which is a good device. Um, <laughs> as an aside, if I you can find found, it at se-5.com. The um, her sales pitch for how good the SE five is. She said that the U.S. Department of Agriculture demonstrated that you could use the SE five to drive insects away from cornfields, which would obviate the need for pesticides by sending information to the cornfield using a photograph. That sounds pretty useful to me. That sounds, that sounds super That's useful. That's just my opinion. <laughs> I, I just think that if that um, existed, it was also people would be by all over in Utah it. to grow abnormally large potatoes. Surely Alona and Don are fucking billionaires. <laughs> <laughs> you can send so anyway, images to anyway. crops and stop the pests. This... Yeah. Anyway, um, so yeah, as an aside, the SE5 is sick. You should all buy one and also sign up for the Living Through Vision course. Only $700. So she was attending a lecture at the Psychotronic Conference about the holographic universe, which I think is what you carry in your inner mind reflects itself in the external world. I think that's what the holographic universe means. But I'm not sure. Anyway, while this was happening, she spilled a drink on herself. It was some sort of fruit juice or vegetable juice. 
she repeatedly I'm I have a feeling that they're vegetarians or vegans because they every time there is any sort of food they qualify it as being delicious and vegetarian. Oh, yeah, for sure. So vegan or vegetarian. She spilled a yeah. delicious vegetarian juice on her vegetarian juice. It doesn't have blended meat in it. <laughs> no one drinks that. I didn't I didn't need to, to make that clear. If it were otherwise unclear, it was a meat free juice that she spilled on herself. Gross. So she Imagine she, she, she goes outside. She goes outside because Wait, spilling aren't is you drinking keto? Do you have keto juice? Do you just blend raw meat? Keto <laughs> juice, just blend kidneys and drink it. <laughs> Sorry, go on. <laughs> um, so spilling this juice on herself really unsettled her and she couldn't quite work out why she was so unsettled by this. But she's a very intuitive person. She knew to go with this intuition. So anyway... She left the lecture theatre, and she was disappointed because she was really enjoying this lecture on the holographic universe. She goes outside and starts meditating and talks to the manifestation of her inner turmoil, which is a red blob. And that's the same colour as this juice that she spilled on herself. So you're already beginning to see what a, a midwit might think of as coincidences, but a galaxy brain... Dolphin appreciator knows is actually a reflection of the underlying architecture of the universe. So <laughs> she talks to this red blob and asks, "What's going on?" And it says that it it doesn't want her to listen to authority, which is why it made her spill juice on herself in the lecture theatre. She accepts the authority of the red blob in her mind. <laughs> And it tells her about a really effective method of inner transformation and healing. It showed showed her a fountain, which was donut-shaped, which represents moving in and out of dimensions. The red blob fused with the fountain and healed Ilona through all pasts and futures. And that's image transformation, baby. <laughs> so do you see what we mean by her life must just be either pure chaos pure or pure pure chaos. fun or chaotic fun? Because she just interpreted spilling juice on herself as like some meaningful event that meant that she shouldn't listen to the authority, like authority figures. She then later talks with anyways, and it becomes like a primary figure in the rest of the book, the time traveler who she missed. <laughs> so that's her life. Everything has meaning. This, this fusion of the red blob and the found, the toroidal fountain, which represents the universe. Turns out that this is a time traveler talking to her from from the desert in Arizona. So she says, Who are you? I asked my inner mentor, feeling that I was speaking with someone beyond my own imaginative mind. I'm a time traveller, coming from the future. You have called for your learning to accelerate in order to help humanity, and here I am, one of many who can help point the way. She goes back to the lecture theatre, and they're talking about something really similar to what she just experienced. 
I got a quote here. Needless to say, Don and I were thrilled by the lecture. During the entire presentation, we felt our cells ringing with excitement. From a place deep inside, we knew the information presented was true, as though our DNA were singing hallelujah. This is another weird thing. So it's got all this new agey stuff, but very much in a Judeo-Christian context, because there's also talk about angels. Like, angels are everywhere. She doesn't have, God. She never mentions Jesus. No, I'm not. But yeah, presumably very Judeo-Christian. I'm not sure she's a Christian. I mean, I'm sure. I'm sure. I'm sure the dolphin stuff would be idolatrous. But yeah, there's. So this is a uh, from my small amount of exposure to New Age bullshit. I mean, sorry, New Age, New Age perspectives. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's pretty clear what we think of the book. I. I I didn't like the book, just I didn't like it in a very different way to disliking the fascist or communist stuff that we've read previously. Yeah. It's a equal magnitudes, different variety, I would say. (laughs) 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 So there is this kind of non-committedness to any particular like spiritual worldview it's mm, kind of yeah. a universalizing worldview but it's it's they they can justify cherry picking any any or we like this bit from hinduism and we like this bit from tibetan buddhism and we like this bit from i don't know christianity we'll ignore all the other parts and we can justify it by mm. just saying well god is one the universe is one and it all comes from the same source so we can, and it's yeah, good, interestingly so they tend to reject the bits that don't involve wandering around in hawaii or floater and going snorkeling with dolphins yeah <laughs> all of the bits that might make if i were to be uncharitable demands on them or change <laughs> necessitate changes in their everyday life yeah, anything that actually requires you know some sort of commitment or sacrifice <laughs> Instead of just like pissing around with your SE five and talking to dolphins in your head. Anyway, I'm and being making love to I'm being unfair. The water. Let's <laughs> next to another couple. Let's, let's, let's unpack. Anyway, plot plot twist. Oh, actually, no, I already spoiled it. The time traveler is this dude in Arizona who runs the Rim Institute and teaches the transformation method. Which is what we talked about before. The transformation method is... Pretty much anything you want, you can make manifest as a shape in your mind by thinking about it. And then you talk to the shape. Yeah. And... Yeah. you got to talk to the Things shape. that you want to happen, like a California fishing company not killing dolphins to catch dumbass tuna that no one cares about. Not even a loner. If if you talk to the company by manifesting it as a shape in your mind, then you can affect change in the world, even in the external world, which isn't that good because it's not super high dimensional, but at the same time, it's worth playing with. 
<laughs> anyway, the best case, the the best example of image transformation, and this is crazy. This is when I say crazy, I don't mean pejorative crazy. I mean my mind is blown crazy. She she saw a new news article at some point about French nuclear tests in the South Pacific, and okay, so a bit of context. She swam with dolphins and they sent her this image of un- an underwater explosion and they were none too pleased. All right, just imagine you're at home and someone blows up a nuclear bomb in your house. You're not <laughs> going to, well, I mean, you're not going to exist, but if you could exist, you wouldn't be happy. You're just, it would, you know, it's more than an imposition. Your dolphin sitting at the bottom of the ocean, telepathically communicating with a loner and all of a sudden there's a nuclear <laughs> bomb goes off in your backyard. <laughs> hey, mate, can you stop the French blowing up nukes in our house? Hey, a loner. Hey, hey, a loner. Selke, can you please go and talk to the French president and ask him to stop blowing up my backyard? So, anyway, she was thinking about this and thinking, oh, okay, wow, how can I? <laughs> One... This is such a big problem. How could I possibly stop this? This is on... So so there is something of a narrative arc. This is having read a hundred and something pages of her talking about how to address these big problems. So the reader reader immediately goes, ah, I see where where the story's going. She connects to the energy of the French minister responsible for nuclear tests and then eventually to the president. And she sees that the president's heart was hard because he's lonely. And so she, and this is not in the physical world. This is like, she, she starts meditating and then becomes a beam of light and ascends and then sees the face of God and becomes an angel. Before all of these image transformations, there is often about a page or two of some sort of, metaphysical journey that oftentimes involves DNA vibrations and cells and beams of light. Biofields. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, she, she invites this hard hearted French president's soul energy to hug her soul energy. And they do that. And then she turns this loneliness into a ring of daisies. And then the nuclear testing stops a few months later. And so (laughs) I looked at when, so this book was published in 2008 and nuclear tests were stopped by Jacques Chirac. So I can only deduce that she talked to Jacques Chirac's soul. (laughs) Jacques Chirac being the former president of France and turned his loneliness into a ring of daisies. And that stopped nuclear testing in the South Pacific by the French. History. And when did this... History. When, when, when did this... So, the, the nuclear testing I didn't testing hear about stops, this in school. When did the nuclear testing stop? In the 2000s. 1996. From 96. my extremely brief research. So, is she... She's been doing this for the last 30 years, at least. She's a master. <laughs> So, so she 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 talked to Jacques Chirac, or or to his soul, and got him to stop nuclear testing. That's pretty good. I mean, 
I couldn't do that. She's curing pesticides with the SE5. Sorry, her and Don. <laughs> no, no, no. That, that was the and, US and Department Stop. of Agriculture, Levi. Yeah, but they were using the SE5, weren't they? Yeah. Yeah. I don't think Don, the Don SE5 is Don's, is Don's invention, though. He's, he's just a really big fan. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, I, I'm mistaken. I'm misrepresenting <laughs> the book. <laughs> he's, he's just an ardent SE5 enjoyer. <laughs> This episode is just as disordered as the book. He's, just an, early, he's an early adopter of the SE5. He's just really into it. He's just a fanboy. It's like one of his early Apple while, guys. While we, while we plebs were using Sony Walkmans, he was the guy with the first generation Apple iPod. Fuck me, man. <laughs> so, sorry. Forgive me. I miss... I misspoke. <laughs> <laughs> it, look, I'm just going to be honest. I I really do did find this book quite disorienting <laughs> and hard to keep track of what was exactly what was going on. <laughs> okay, there was um there was something I wanted to talk about. Um, she had this. I don't know if I highlighted it. Let's see if I can find it. Uh, she she had this idea that okay moving on from image transformation another one of her ideas or claims about the way that reality works is that um <clears throat> your body is just a vessel and your soul can be disaggregated from that vessel and your soul can actually jump from body to body so soul moving there's fluidity on the soul dimension and <laughs> <clears throat> at times she literally felt as though not felt but was convinced that when she was talking to a particular body although that body oh, belonged to somebody shit, else that's... throughout the conversation <laughs> that body became inhabited by somebody else's soul and so then she oh, was actually yeah, communing yes. with that other person's soul so for for example, she was supposed to go to Hawaii or something, and and uh, her friend, who was supposed to come with her, couldn't because her friend had a funeral or something to go to, and so they were really disappointed. And so she got on the plane. As she's getting on the plane, she noticed somebody who looked a lot like her friend. She spots this person who's like a doppelganger of her mate. Let's call him Jacques. I don't know Jacques's doppelganger, and. Mm -hmm. She's like, wow, that person does. Even Don, who definitely does not have schizotypal personality disorder either. <laughs> Even Don is like, hey, that guy over there looks a lot like your friend Jacques, right? They're like, whoa, what a strange coincidence. Coincidence? Not in Alona's world. She sits, <laughs> she just sits down. Can you imagine? So I'm just putting it out there. These are the last people you want to sit next to on a plane. They'll either be floating around staring at everything because it looks so similar to the universe that they just dropped out of, or they'll be talking to you because they're convinced you're you're the vessel for the soul of their friend who couldn't come swim with dolphins. Why? They're staring deeply Can into you. Interrogated by some stranger how? and her husband on the plane <laughs> about how you're the 
interdimensional vessel of their friend's soul. <laughs> so she sits down, and lo and behold, the doppelganger, Pseudo Jacques, sit next, sits next to her, and she starts having this conversation. Turns out this guy's a scientist. So, ooh, the big boogeyman scientist. Every time she talks about somebody who's got like a scientific perspective or is a scientist, it's just like skeptical. But then this thing happened. We bent the spoon yeah, and the scientist, convinced. oh, now the scientist is convinced that you can bend spoons with your mind. Like, ooh, doesn't that <laughs> So anyway, Pseudo Jacques sits next, to her, sits, next, sits next to her on the plane. Hey, Pseudo Jacques is a scientist. I'm going to talk to him for a while. And as I talk to him, I re- I get more and more of a sense that I'm really talking to real Jacques. Like he's telepathically embodying pseudo Jacques' body. And then I I get all emotional and I just can't continue having this conversation anymore. So I, I stare out the window <laughs> trying to hide the fact that there's tears welling up in my eyes. And pseudo Jacques goes, I, Alona, <laughs> Alona. You gentle soul, are you okay? You poor thing, you fucking little space cake. What's going on? Why are you getting upset on the plane? We're having a pleasant conversation. Why are you crying? <laughs> you, based on how intently you were staring into my eyes, I thought this was a good conversation. What I've got a quote. She turns back and she says, what does she say, Jack? No, I just this isn't specific to the plane, so she's not just she's not just antisocial on planes. This is a broader problem in her life. She says Sometimes friends called me up from faraway places and told me of a chance encounter they had that day with a person who looked just like me, gave hugs just like me, and talked of dolphins just like me. They felt that I was visiting them. The difficult part was not to confuse the person who seemed to be lending his or her services with my soul essence. So not only not only is she seeing other, other people's people. souls in just strangers' bodies, the people this is spreading to people around her. But I also really like she that she is not aware of the fact that she's communicating soul communicating no. with other people. <laughs> There's another quote here that's a good one. Sometimes I noticed that people even shapeshifted right before eyes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's the clincher. That's the clincher. Though. Can you... Yeah, holy shit. So parts of her life sound quite fun. Just the, the deep sense of meaning. But other bits, just the, the, the shapeshifting people sounds... At least to me, that would be unbearably disturbing. Yeah, so that I think that's actually the point in the book. Like that exact quote is the point at which I went, "Oh, this person's really like I, I don't know if it was the talking to dolphins thing that's like just kicked me over the edge." Because at first I thought, "Oh, maybe she's just lying. She's just full of shit." And and then she said that, and I was like, "Ah, oh, nah, the penny dropped for me." I was like, "Nah, this person's just got some sort of schizoid disorder, and she's just writing about it." <laughs> I'm not. I'm not going to go and diagnose it, but. Yeah, well, say, that's because it you're a like professional. <laughs> her, her subjective experience that. sounds markedly different to my own. That's dramatically different. This is this is a life that is very difficult to recognise as something comparable to what I lead each day. It's on the on the shape shifting thing. How she's got that subplot, I guess, in Hawaii with Carl. 
Yeah. So she's got a spirit guy go called Go Pal Das. And she just she just Which is actually an incorrect. She just introduces spelling. stuff. Go His name is Gopal. Go go Gopal. G-O-P-A-L. But she spells it like separate words. Go pal das. Go pal das. <laughs> anyway, so she's got the spirit guide. He's a guru. He's, he's an got... Indian guru. Did you actually check out this guy's face? Dude, he looks like No, a guru. does he have blue eyes? Because no, she keeps he talking about how no, he has no. blue eyes. <laughs> Hold on. Before you continue on, just quickly click on this link and bring it up on the screen on your... <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, Gopal. Okay. Yeah. So Look at this guy. <laughs> this guy's the crook. This guy is the dolphin master. <laughs> dolphin master. Okay. For, <laughs> listeners, <laughs> for listeners, this guy it was a former IBM, no, former HP engineer. Indian fella. Bold. Like Guru Bold. Shaved his head. Uh,. <laughs> He looks like Avatar The Last Airbender with the, the stuff painted on his head. Yeah. And oh, he's, he's got done it painted the, on the his head all the time. Down, down, down. The, now, don't want to denigrate the guy's uh, religion or whatever, you know, but basically, I am. No. <laughs> Essentially, he smiles if you just imagine least. Indian Guru, like, this is the guy. Indian Guru walking around orange cloaks and stuff painting on his face. This guy, people like Ilona and Don fucking love this shit. They love this shit. They love the Indian gurus. Yeah. They'll eat up every word of what they say. Me too, man. I want to go to India and like hang out with some gurus and and do some yoga and shit. But like, I don't know. I'm not communing with dolphins. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, so... They're they're in Hawaii because they're going to go swim with some dolphins, and on the flight to Hawaii, this is a common theme when they're flying. the The crazy really comes out. So they spoke to a spirit, the spirit of Hawaii of the islands, on the flight, and. I think the spirit of the islands said that there will be some spirit guide that's going to meet them. And so Ilona met this guy called Carl, who has blue eyes. And as yeah. soon as she met him, tears welled up in her eyes and she got, got super nervous. Um, I'm not sure what he thought. And it's because Carl was just a vessel for Gopal da- I keep saying Gopal Das. I'm butchering his name because I'm reading it. Gopal. As, as she Gopal. wrote it. Gopal Das. Gopal Das. I don't know. Is that how it's, how it's pronounced? Because in my know, notes, fuck, is how she spelled it. It's like G-O-Pal space P-A-L space D-A-S. Anyway, so this, this just random dude in Hawaii... Uh, they be- they become friends because he's just a, a, a warm meat sack animated by <laughs> this Indian guru, this this spirit guide of Ilana's. And at several points in this this story, where they you know they they go swimming with dolphins and things like that with this guy, and she keeps talking about how she doesn't get too attached to him. 
because he's not him and she doesn't have a relationship with Carl. It's with the spirit guru who's using Carl's body without asking Carl if he wants his body yeah, to this be is non-consensual used body hijacking to swim with dolphins using what's that sci-fi the day of the body snatches or oh, no day of the, <laughs> the body snatches yeah body snatch this is some body snatching shit like gopal das this freaky avatar airbender indian guru is just jumping into other people's bodies to have a conversation with, with a loner in hawaii to tell her how to swim with dolphins yeah, man. How about we talk about dolphins? Because we... <laughs> yeah, we haven't, we haven't even spoken about the goddamn dolphins. Well, that, so the thing is, yeah, dolphins are really important and they're, they're really telepathic and they're really good. But that's so much of the weirdness... The weirdness is explored using dolphins as a narrative device. Look, in the author's mind, this is all literally true. But... For me, when I read this, I felt like the dolphins existed as a narrative device to reveal to Ilona and the reader the deeper structure of of the universe and all of reality. So, why why are dolphins really good? Well, they, oh, fuck. <laughs> they've got really big brains, right? Yeah. They've got very big Way brains. more developed brains. She says they have very more evolved brains than humans. Very convoluted. They have highly, like, squiggly, very squiggly brains. They have a high, very high surface area of uh, grey matter there in their cortex. Yeah. Very smart little dudes. They're swimming in the ocean. Humans have only had really really evolved brains yes. for a brief period I whereas like dolphins have had really evolved brains biology for really a long time but i'm not actually sure what she means by that well she doesn't she doesn't get into the specifics it's known that <laughs> uh cetaceans have been highly evolved for many millions of years whereas humans have only been evolving for the last hundred thousand years yeah here we go she says Whereas humans have undergone less than 100,000 years of meaningful evolution and have only had an evolved brain for less than 40,000 years. Um, like, I, I, I just, I don't know what that means. It's, it's a statement that's not even wrong. It just doesn't. <laughs> it's not even wrong. It, it, it just, just doesn't. completely dis- discombobulated. It's, it's just, it's just not Disconnected from reality. It just doesn't make, doesn't mean anything. <laughs> She's just gotten some words and stirred them in a pot. <laughs> <laughs> She's got... So, humans use brain power with our, with our hands. Dolphins don't have brain power, but they've got, they've got so they've much got, going on in there. They've got brain power, heads. but they don't have hands. It's got to go somewhere, right? Hands. Yeah. So, it goes into interdimensional communication. Which it like yeah. that, that? That's the that's the <laughs> that's logical the, option. The you can have hands. Even, we can communicate interdimensionally. You can you and can just have hands, hands and feebly develop communication. So she's like humans. Humans, we we're so dumb. We have to use technology to communicate communicate across the face of the planet. Yeah, she's know, got, a, she's got an amazing quote about that. But, <laughs> that but dolphins, point. 
<laughs> she says, Fucking dolphins. <laughs> they don't need technology. The fact, the fact that whales have had a global communication network and have had it for millions of years without the use of technology should make us think. <laughs> it's just... It's just an established fact that whales for millions of years have had a global communication network. Now, apparently, this isn't interesting. This is this is actually apparently I have not fact checked this, but as far as, so don't don't believe anything I say. <laughs> but apparently, they do they do communicate very long distances. I don't know if it's around the entire world, but they uh, their their songs can be heard a very very long way away. I think that's what she's referring to. The fact that dolphins, yeah, well, not if, dolphins, if it's not dolphins through whales, water, yeah, it'll it'll go whales a long way, but can communicate a very long way. Um, but like, I I don't even know if this book deserves like a proper re- retort. But what I think can that you say to it, you can't say anything. Anything you say, the the response will be, "Well, I experienced it." Could it be coincidence? I, no. I, I was there when I swam with dolphins and they they pulled me into their energy field, which allowed me to stay underwater for an extremely long time and swim extremely quickly. Yeah, to and, stay under. Oh, yeah, that was one of the first things in the book is she basically, as yeah. we're talking about the dolphins now, she's like, look, this is what happened. Me and Don was Don were swimming with the dolphins. At one point, we were able to swim, stay underwater for like minutes five minutes, 10 mm-hmm. minutes, 15 minutes, and just keep on swimming and swim at the same speed really and fast. agility as the dolphins. So like spinning around and all that sort of stuff in, whereas, and if you've seen dolphins, right, videos of dolphins, you know, they're, they're pretty, uh, they pretty agile fast in the water. They? They're pretty fast. <laughs> so to do that, it's a very impressive feat. She's just like, yeah, well, this is what happened when we were swimming out there in Maui. Spent 15 minutes doing pirouettes with the dolphins underwater. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, you can't say anything because her experience is the yardstick by which we measure reality at this point. <laughs> <laughs> I have nothing to say. Yeah. It... The dolphins are pretty amazing, though. The, um, on, the insights she got from them. <laughs> there were there were several several points at which you know, she she would telepathically make a play date with the dolphins, so send out a, yeah. <laughs> a signal while she was meditating and have some some strange force answer her and say, "Oh, come meet the us later on this time in this place. <laughs> Let's go tomorrow. and hang out." Hey, fellas, I just got a call from Alona. <laughs> <laughs> she wants to she wants to meet up tomorrow. Let's go it's, let's go swimming with Don and Alona. Got nothing better I to feel do like the, as the interdimensional dolphins than to swim with this fucking woman. I feel like the the essence of this book and of Ilona Selkie thought is reading too much into coincidence. It's a very <laughs> pretty much summarized. It's a very egocentric oh, way to live. I don't say this I don't say this as insultingly. This is just everything that happens. Yeah. In some way relates to her. There there doesn't seem to be space in her subjectivity for events that don't really 
don't have anything to do with her. And so don't have any meaning. She and goes then... to the beach and there she can see dolphins swimming out in the sea. One explanation would be, okay, well, you're in Hawaii and this is a beach where dolphins are known and to show up. part of the reason why people go to Hawaii. In fact, that's why you came to Hawaii. You <laughs> explicitly <laughs> came here to have this experience <laughs> because this is a high prevalence area for, for dolphins. <laughs> yeah, but in her world, because at some point in the past, dolphins... Well, she 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 talked to something which said, "Oh, come to this beach at this time," and she did that, she and she saw dolphins. Yes. Yeah. Then, what? What are two events that aren't really related to each other? Her going to the beach and dolphins coming and swimming in the sea there are now linked in a fundamental way. No, no, it's worse than that. Okay, so this is this is one of the things that happened. She, got, she communed with the dolphins psychically. She thought the dolphin said, be there at 8.45 a.m. She got to the beach with Don at 8.45, but she didn't get in the water. She saw the dolphins. She saw them jumping at 8.45. That's right. She yeah, wasn't. Yeah, she, yeah. She, they were a little bit slow to get their scuba gear or their diving gear on, and they didn't quite get in there. They probably got in there at like 8.50, right? So they're like five minutes late. By that point, the dolphins had gone too late. We're, we're out. We said 8.45. You're fucking late, mate. We're gone. So <laughs> that in and of itself was evidence that the, she had actually communicated with the dolphins the night prior. And they did, in fact, mm-hmm. say 8.45 because they didn't hang around. So that left no room in her interpretation to think, oh, they just happened to be there. And when I was there at 8.45, but they hung out and they weren't, they didn't mind that I was late. They, they were there for like half an hour. I got in there at 9.15 and they were still there. So they weren't serious. It, it was just a coincidence. No, they were there at 8.45. They left. I was too late. I missed my appointment. Therefore, mm-hmm. they, they must have actually been speaking to me in my imagination. Yep. Because, because as we know, dolphins are very punctual. (laughs) Apparently so. I didn't know that. But we've got an expert on dolphins here. (laughs) I've got a quote here. Oh, no. So wait, wait. wait, Just before you use it. There was also just... And he he was the cherry on top of that fucking story. And this is the way that this person's mind works. As I said, like there's nothing in this world in Alona's subjective experience that does not have meaning and there is no such thing as a coincidence she said as she's going running onto the beach and she sees the dolphins coming or whatever she runs up to a poor fucking innocent bystander that has nothing to do with this situation <laughs> not even on an airplane this is branching no, out for and she said and she says she sees that she has a wristwatch that he that the guy has a wristwatch and <laughs> And what does she she says? Why would this person have a wristwatch on a beach in Hawaii when you never need to know the time when you're in such an island paradise? So I asked him, "What's the time?" And he said, "It's eight forty-five." And there's the fucking dolphins, and it's eight forty-five. But it's literally in the same sentence that she's requiring. 
She she literally needs the time and she's on the beach and she's saying, why would this person have a wristwatch on the beach in Hawaii when you never need to For know the Ilona. time? <laughs> it's like, what For the her. fuck are you talking about? But because this person who would not have otherwise had a wristwatch had a wristwatch on the beach in Hawaii where you don't need to know the time, that's not a coincidence. <laughs> it must have been because she was meant to see that the dolphins were there at 8.45. There you have it. The circumstantial evidence seems incontrovertible. It seems incontrovertible. And all of her stories are like this. All of her stories involve her, at some point in the past, having a vision of something very vague. Like, uh, I was swimming with the dolphins and I had an image of an underwater explosion. And then you learn months later about... Nuclear tests by the French in the in the South Pacific, and she 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 will just decide. Okay, well this can't be a coincidence. The, these two things are causally linked, and she is the linchpin of the entire <laughs> universe. It seems <laughs> she she cultivates this worldview. Have you got this quote here? We can stretch this comfort zone slowly by expanding the beliefs that we collectively and oftentimes unconsciously hold to be true. We can begin to include anomalies, experiences, behaviours or beliefs that appear to be impossible or outside the realm of the natural. As we find others who are like-minded, who reinforce the same beliefs, we can allow ourselves to include the impossible and make it normal. Miracles can then become an everyday occurrence. So she, she's trying to cultivate this magical thinking and then basically just says, yeah, I just look for people who reinforce my worldview and spend all my time with them and they'll <laughs> just rev each other up about talking to dolphins. It's seriously though. So and this book and, must and take no, place over several serious. years. Yeah, and she yeah. she's bouncing between you, Florida, Hawaii, Florida, back to Arizona Hawaii, or hallucinations in the planet. All the planet. all to to talk to dolphins, and and when she says, "Yeah, I just surround myself with people who share my schizoid worldview and reinforce it," she literally means like she recounts this one story where they go and have dinner with Yuri Geller or something, who's a uh, a, a spoon bender and they bend spoons and they all just believe that they bent the spoons. And then there was, it, you brought it up earlier about the scientists, how she'll often, she'll note when someone has a scientific background and say, oh, skeptical, or she calls them flatlanders. Yeah. yeah people flatlanders. who can't appreciate the, the true dimensionality of the world. And these sceptical scientists are always convinced in the end of the validity of, of talking to dolphins. But I found it really interesting. So clearly there is some... In our society, scientists are, are broadly well regarded. And despite the fact that she exists very much on the fringes of the scientific community, <laughs> there there is still this residual deference to authority. It's, oh, well... This person has the right degree from an institution. They're a scientist. Therefore, even though they are so dismissive of our work, when they accept it, it's a good that thing. residual authority is 
makes that validates more it. meaningful. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> it validates our worldview when this person, somebody from this profession, yeah, stops being. Skeptical. I got a. Um, I just found a really good bit about dolphin experiments. This this woman Lana Miller who wrote a book called The Call of the Dolphins. This this does seem to be a whole subgenre of of literature. I do think that we should read the Call of the Dolphins. <laughs> I, 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 yeah, I guess we could. <laughs> we, could have a whole, we could have a whole subsection of the show that's just the dolphin saga. Oh, I need, yeah. In a bit. So it's it's sort of in the same way I got a bit burned out. I got burned out on fascism because we read a bunch of fascists. <laughs> a bit burned out on dolphins for the moment. <laughs> but anyway... Uh, no, no, Lana Miller. I can't read my handwriting. So Lana Miller um, describes an experiment by Roberta Quist Goodman, who's a dolphin scientist, which proves that dolphins are telepathic. Mm. So Roberta used the language of space, which is a 33-letter alphabet with each letter having a symbolic meaning. She devised a phrase which described being a dolphin. So, the essence of, of dolphinhood is this phrase, feeling water, life, thing. That is what it is to be a dolphin. She projected this sentence to the dolphins as a series of images. I think she did this mentally. Yeah. Well, I, mean, I guess it's She's proving telepathy, so she must have. Work. Yeah. yeah. So, feeling was half a heart. That's the image she she sent to them. Water was was water. That didn't need anything fancy. Life was a leaf and thing was a big dot. Right. The it's next a day, abstract concept, isn't it? Thing. Yeah. Yeah. A big dot. Big dot. What you can't do much better than that. No. Anyway, <laughs> next day, Joe the Dolphin so she's got a few dolphins, and Joe's the Joan the the is best, the most telepathic, <laughs> the most telepathic. So anyway, Joe swims up, swims in a in the shape of a half heart, sprayed water at Roberta. So right, so that's feeling half a heart. Water is water. Dolphins don't normally spray water, right? They've got that blowhole, but I don't know. It's it's not for any. It's not like it's for for breathing or anything that they're going to use a lot for. So anyway, the, the timing was just a little too convenient. It it turned on its side and waved one of its pectoral fins. The fin is in the shape of a leaf, right? Dolphins never do that. And they never then do that. Poked its nose through a black inner tube. That's a that's a dot, like a a dot. Yes. So. It doesn't say the the space between these sort of things temporally. So it might have been that it swam, I don't know, kind of in a half heart if you squint, and then half an hour later sprayed water. Then a few hours later turned on its side. It's 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 this seeing deep primal meaning in everything in a dolphin squirting water out of its blowhole yeah they do that because they use that thing to breathe it's like saying oh wow jack's huffing air in and out of his mouth yeah i use that to breathe i'm gonna do that how it turned on its side and it's it's 
Finn was in the shape of a leaf. Yeah, but they do that. They do turn on their side. So here's here's the issue people should be aware of. Humans have this thing. There's this thing called a pareidolia, which is uh, the tendency, and it's just from Google, the tendency to perceive a specific, often meaningful image in a random or ambiguous visual pattern. Now, that's just with regards to visual patterns. That's like, for example, people Mm. seeing faces in pictures of the moon, you know, but it's like that's just the shadow being cast at a particular angle, like on the the, the, uh, mountains or the craters on the moon. But like if you just shift the light or whatever, rotate the image, it stops looking like a face. Or seeing faces in clouds or seeing images in clouds. Like humans' brains, human brains are wired to see meaning in noise. And some people's brains are particularly well wired to do this. <laughs> and I people feel as though dolphins mostly. part of the reason why people like Ilona and her ilk. Okay, <laughs> uh, get off the way they do is I think this is my completely unscientific point of view. Basically, that part of their like psychology is just ratcheted up to eleven, and they can't. They have no ability to downregulate that that paradolic <laughs> uh, reflex in the human brain. It's like when you take acid, and everything is just like everything's meaningful, and you see patterns in everything. It's like part of yeah. the healthy psychology is downregulating or like being able to. Uh, <coughs> modulate <laughs> that, that reflex. Yeah, this is this is maybe the most extreme example of that. So other people say Freud, when listening to people's dreams, certainly exhibited a degree of of magical thinking, and that he just saw meaning everywhere. But yeah. even Sigmund said, sometimes a cigar is just a cigar when talking <laughs> about his patient's dreams. <laughs> even <laughs> Sometimes even the even it's just a cigar. Yeah. Even Sigmund everything is a dick Freud acknowledged that not every phallic object represents a dick whereas dol- the dolphin people just everything is meaningful and relates to dolphins. And here's the thing right like every like uh the world's a very big place right? And if you live long enough, you'll see lots of different things and you'll be exposed to lots of different ideas. And if you really squint with your mind's eye, you can almost always draw uh, analogies or say X is like Y. This thing is like this other thing. It's not always a valid inference to make, therefore, that this thing (laughs) is that other thing or is actually like this other thing. Maybe you're just making, inferring too too much meaning. Um, I've got a quote is- here though where she where she just disagrees with you. She says, <laughs> "By now, I was convinced that any fantasy experiences I had with dolphins were real." <laughs> so she just says, "Yeah, nah, you're wrong." <laughs> I don't know what to say. I can't. <laughs> there's, there's nothing you could. All we can do is faithfully recount our experiences with this book. Just as she faithfully recounts her experiences with dolphins, there is. There how about is a, how she I, she I she to... got she was given a mission? Oh yeah, by a higher being. I don't know if I remember this part. There were oh, basically 
like all of the stories, she went out, she was in some tropical paradise and went out into a forest and started meditating and talked to God or something. But she was, she was shown this ocean planet and everything was connected with, with this web mm. of light that fed mm. information between all of the nodes which were part of the web. Oh, yeah, this one, yeah. And <laughs> turns out that yeah. web is love. She's yeah, big yeah, in... Yeah. So th- this, is, this is a redeeming feature. I don't think she's a mean person. No. Or anything like that. It's, she, she's very interested in love and being nice to people. Mm. That, that is a nice aspect. She's so not basically, <laughs> No, this is not Varg. So, so she 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 got this message harmless. from a higher being when she was in this water planet and they said to her your mission should you accept it is to increase should the you frequencies. choose to accept it <laughs> your mission should you choose it's to like accept it from the dolphin a shitty video game <laughs> <laughs> this is your mission <laughs> So your mission, should you choose to accept it, is to increase the frequencies in and on your own world. That truly opens the gates to heaven wherever you are. Be in awe of the force that sustains all. Admire its beauty in everything you see. This in turn will build your connection to the source and true miracles will happen. So the source. a, a primary end point of all of this yeah. stuff is to make miracles happen. Mm. She likes miracles. Miracles are good. Yeah. And... Oh, fuck. <laughs> I'm just looking through my, my, my notes. I just this constant list of, like, saw God in a dream, talk to the time traveller, saw God in a dream, talk to the time traveller. <laughs> and then they attend conferences. They've got that whole section about how they learned about well, they've got a few. T- they've got a few points where they learn about image transformation, but they've got another section where they, I don't know, get even more into it, and use image transformation to do things like renovate the guest bedroom of their house really, really quickly. Oh <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, 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 yeah. So we don't and have that's... enough money. Like, oh, all of a sudden, we've got all this money. <laughs> we need to yeah, renovate. So they... We need to add a guest bedroom to the house before the guests come over for this like event that we're putting on. There's no way that we could do it in in. It would take three months, but we've only got a week. Oh, <laughs> image work now is now it's done. done. <laughs> <laughs> then they've got that. So they needed to pay their taxes. Yeah. <laughs> so they they <laughs> image transformed. tax fraud as well. <laughs> <laughs> Don and Elena with the living from Vision course, <laughs> eloping down to I don't know Panama or something to dodge American taxes, <laughs> uh, it, it, and then we did some vision tropical. work, and we no longer had to pay our taxes. <laughs> yeah, so they 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 manifested the living from Vision course using using image transformation, and it's a course that teaches image transformation as well. It's this quote, the living from vision course was here to stay. In our early spring class, Don and I chose the image of swimming with dolphins to represent our next goal. We needed to create enough money to pay for our taxes. 
buy airline tickets and have spending money while in Hawaii. We also needed to create the emotional and internal space inside us to allow the dolphins into our presence. Halfway through the course, we were mir- miraculously had enough money to pay our income taxes. And yeah, it's like at 700 US dollars a pop, you'll, you'll do pretty well if you can get people to do it. Maybe we should be spiritual guides. Oh, uh, yeah, actually. I'm fact, not. Uh... I was speaking to your parents about this the other day. We, we, we may have decided that you would be very good at starting a cult. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not a very spiritual person. So no, that, that's, that's, you, a, that's, a that's beside the point, Jack. You're charismatic. You're well-spoken. You're much better read than most people. You could just talk, start talking about Spinoza and stuff. Nobody's going to fact check you. <laughs> I think that you could start a cult. I think it'd be great. You should at least consider it's it. Look, if 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 uh, if writing doesn't work out for you, you can always fall back on. You can pull an L. Ron Hubbard Big and start comment. writing about about your spiritual authority. Look, come on! If I can get a lot of money, a lot of money by doing man. it, then L. Ron. He made a lot of that, money. That, that would be pretty he good. He was very have... powerful, and he had a lot of women. Who were definitely not underage at any point. <laughs> that is, I mean, that that is a a definite negative point. People who get really into cults are almost always pedophiles. There's just, well, I mean, I just, I just don't like underage women enough. I think to be a cult depends leader depends on what jurisdiction you're in, Jack. <laughs> <laughs> the thing is, cult cult leaders always find the legal age and go below it. That's just. That's just <laughs> Thing. <laughs> I'm going to go to some country where it's 12 and go to 11. <laughs> I think, uh, yeah, look, that's what okay, I'll, I'll put it you, down to. You that's, don't have to be a pedophile. That's the main thing holding me track. back from being a cult leader. It's, I, I like I don't fully think developed there's women too much. That state, it's not like you go down to like the Australian Institute of Company Directors and they're like, look, if you're going to, if you're going to start a cult, <laughs> you're going to have to molest some children. It's part. It's they show the you a picture of a nine-year-old of and a 28-year-old and they're like, which one do you like better? <laughs> it's a, not, you're, not, you're not allowed to have a Heaven's Gate suicide cult anymore. You pick the 28-year-old. Yeah. No, wrong. Sorry, you're just not a suitable candidate for head of this cult. <laughs> not pedophilic enough. <laughs> did, did, did she ever tell you that? Anyway, no, I'm not going to talk about about. <laughs> <laughs> no, so uh, let me see. Um, so uh, I have to wrap this up fairly soon because um, I'm jumping on a plane. Like later today. Plus, it's getting pretty late over there, isn't it? It must be getting until like eleven thirty or something. Yeah, eleven thirty. So, anyways, oh, are you, are you want... inspired to misbehave on the plane after reading about John's <laughs> walk around like a space cake? This looks just like the plane in the other universe. <laughs> You're transfiguring into my friend Jack, who I just had a podcast with. I see your soul. I see Jack's soul in you. I feel like I'm talking to Jack. Well, the, the brilliant thing about this book is we can stop any time and and it makes just as little sense <laughs> it makes just as much sense okay no this, okay the, this the, doesn't make any sense there were there was at least two quick points that i wanted to touch on yeah yeah before, go for I, it. before we sort of start having the conclusion of the conversation um and that the first point is that 
take all of these ideas, like individually that we've spoken about, talking to animals, psychic, cosmic, dimension, traveling, talking to Gopadal through somebody else's body. Okay, these are not uh, <laughs> mutually exclusive, collectively exhaustive concept buckets. <laughs> these can be uh, smashed together. Very porous. <laughs> these are very porous and fluid um, and can be mixed together. And in fact, at one point she starts talking about how she... T- <laughs> Sorry, I feel like this is the episode with soul piggybacking, but the dolphins can soul piggyback on somebody else's body so that you can like have a dolphin soul come along with you and they can experience what it's like to be a human and walk around. And so she's recounting how she's a, this alone as she goes to a conference and she's got like the leader of the dolphins is piggybacking on her and she feels the presence of another entity experiencing the world and being extremely curious about the world of humans. And she says, thinking back on the fact that a dolphin could Ride piggyback on my mind. I am still awed. Consider what that potentially means for all of us. We can link across time and space, share insights from each other's world. Maybe we can even space travel like this instead of using cumbersome spaceships. And then she goes on to say, (laughs) maybe aliens. That's how aliens work is they can soul piggyback across the universe. (laughs) To to humans. And we could have aliens here piggybacking on our minds. (laughs) Just, just found a really good part where she's talking about her experiences um, at a dolphin conference in Cancun. Yeah, so, Cancun. So, so in the dolphin lit community, and I, I'm not going to say dolphin, dolphin research because there are marine biologists doing doing like actual research when i say dolphin people i mean people like this yeah we don't mean so, marine biologists it's like you there's a rift in in the dolphin people community between people who think captive dolphins are okay to study and just mm-hmm. as an aside they're not and people who who swim with dolphins in the ocean and they're the they're, they're the real ones they're the the ones you want to associate with. And Ilona is firmly in the, I swim with dolphins when I go on holiday, like seemingly 50 times a year to Hawaii yeah. camp. Uh, so yeah, they were, they were discussing, dolphins. Yeah. they were discussing, um, obviously well, it's a conference. So people come there and talk about stuff and it's all about dolphins and telepathy, but she's got this quote. One of the most far-out concepts concerned hooking dolphins up to wires in a virtual reality setting in order to transmit dolphin contact experiences to people who cannot, for reasons of immobility or severe illness, undergo the actual experience. I raised my hand and said, If I understand this correctly, we humans are looking to harness the healing powers of captive dolphins through technology and use these powers on humans who are sick because of technology and its toxic waste so they can experience temporary relief. There's a lot to unpack there. So one, you've got some fruitcake dolphin people, researchers in inverted 
Kommers. <laughs> fucking fucking dolphins are VR stuff. <laughs> to, to beam experiences to people who, for reasons of physical frailty, can't swim with dolphins to heal them. <laughs> but, but, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know. Slapping you. <laughs> slapping your PlayStation VR headset on it. <laughs> Experiencing the life of a dolphin or something. <laughs> <laughs> and, and then Ilona's perspective, which is basically people who are too sick to swim with dolphins, fuck you. You're not getting the healing the healing properties of the dolphin swim, even if it would help. I can't do this. <laughs> 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 She she swam with the captive dolphins and they they're not as telepathic as the free range. I'm so dolphins. sorry. I can't help it. We've been told off for laughing too too much by by um, people who have given us feedback. And I make no apologies actually on this on this particular episode for laughing as much as we have been because this is just ridiculous. It is a. Uh, it is, it is, I, it's somehow the, the most insane book we've read. It's just, this it's just pure insanity. It's just, it's just, thank God it, it's like love, loving and like talking to dolphins and stuff. It's not, it's not like, you know, something like violent or ethno nationalist or something, but it is pure insanity. I'd like to read Harassment Architecture. For this podcast, and that um, sounds like a book that? which is pure insanity with, with, Violence. with hatred. Okay, okay, we can do that. Is that going to be the sort of thing that's going to make, make me sad? Probably. Probably. Okay. Well, we can do one of those every now and then. <laughs> not, not every week or every month. Okay. So, is there anything else that you wanted to tip off? How about I close it out with a quote? And then we can talk about our final, final thoughts. Our final thoughts, overall impressions. So, each experience is valid. It is just that some seem to be endowed with life-giving energy, while others seem to reduce this feeling. Luckily, we as living organisms are cooled with an eventual preference for energy and experiences. Oh no, sorry, coded. Again, I can't read my handwriting. Coded with an eventual preference for energy and experiences that give life, although some take a longer time to discover this. All experiences are valid, and no matter who you are, you will eventually realise this. Even if the experience is talking to Gopal Das through the body of a guy called Carl, who you met in Hawaii <laughs> while swimming with dolphins, to telepathically communicate with them, before talking to Jacques Chirac's soul, and stopping him from performing nuclear tests <laughs> in the South Pacific. All experiences are valid. <laughs> so, what were your what were your overall impressions of <laughs> wisdom of the dolphins? <laughs> At times while reading this book, I really was thinking to myself, 
am I sure that I want to be doing this podcast? <laughs> I have that with every book we read. <laughs> Is this a good life decision? What am I? What am I doing? Why am I reading this? There were um, a few moments. So I, I, I was reading this in the same room as my wife, <laughs> and she eventually said. Like, Jack, is something wrong? And I said, oh, nah, fine. Why? And apparently I just kept groaning. <laughs> I wasn't aware of it. I'd be reading and go, <laughs> So that, I think yeah. that kind of sums up my... <laughs> My yeah, every every now and every now just, and then I just uh, I just throw up my hands, just what the fuck. <laughs> I would start laughing. I was like, "You got to be kidding me! This this can't be somebody's actual perspective." So for the first early the first uh, twenty pages or so, I early in the book, I, I found it fun, but it it goes it on, goes on for over two hundred pages, and yeah. by the end of it, you just feel like you're losing your mind. And I was hoping that there was, there would be like a chapter, like like chapter one chapter two or something or that there would be a paragraph there would just be a line between there'd be an actual paragraph break at some point or that it, there would there would be some structure and then at some point i realized like no this is this is it's, it's not coming gonna get, this is this is it's just gonna keep on going you're just gonna charge ahead which is jumping crazy trainers hallucinations and talking to dolphins and then recounting somebody else's hallucinations and having a flashback and then talking about being back on the plane to hawaii again it's just gonna it's, just, it's totally disorienting <laughs> maybe it's a narrative device to demonstrate the internal experience of one who does just so casually step between dimensions and between points in time. But true. Maybe she's playing 4D chess or even higher dimensional chess. N-dimensional chess. N-dimensional chess. And we can't keep up. Where N is updated every every second, incremented by one. (laughs) With every dolphin she sees, (laughs) N plus one. So, um, no, but okay. So, uh, so this this was my rough experience of the book. Ha! <laughs> this is funny. <laughs> this is weird. Oh, it got really crazy really quickly. <laughs> wow. <laughs> she wasn't kidding when she stop. said talking to dolphins. And then at some point, I was like, I think she's bullshitting. Like there was a period, like in the first quarter of the book, where I was I was just thinking, no, she's just lying. Like, I don't believe her. It's just uh. I don't even believe that she believes what she's saying. I think she's just lying. And like, maybe she's trying to sell something or something like that, you know, like her course or whatever. And she's just bullshitting to her audience and her audience is just sort of, sort of people who have no critical thinking skills. And then at some point, and I think I mentioned it earlier, I think it was the, where she said she started seeing people shape shifting in front of her eyes. That's what I thought. (laughs) No, she's, she's neither, she's neither lying. She's serious. She's being she's she's being dead serious. She believes what she's writing, but she's actually just fucking crazy. I, I think this is a very sincere book. I don't think she's being disingenuous here. No, at all. She she and I believe her in so far as she is reporting to the best of her ability her own recollection of her subjective experience. Yes. So there, what are some 
extenuating factors. She she seems like a nice person. It's not like reading Vagsmar where you think this guy's a fucking asshole. She seems like a nice person. I think her intentions are very good. She wants everyone to find a loving, meaningful place in the universe through dolphins. It's just... She goes to some really weird places to try to get us there. She goes through a black hole, white hole, toroid that is God and communes with dolphins in the 11th dimension. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know what to say. I t- <laughs> she look. She's loving. She loves. She, she's all about love. She's all about like saving animals and stuff, except for tuna. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> keep, keep, keep trolling the tuna. Keep trolling those little bastards. Fuck them. Leave the dolphins alone. <laughs> leave, leave my leave my dolphins <laughs> and my whales. My catch is okay. Just so long except as it for dolphins. Include the dolphins. As long as they're not cetaceans, it's fine. So yeah. Um, I, I probably would not like to have dinner with her. That'd be exhausting. <laughs> that would be, exhausting. oh man, that would be so, <laughs> so <tiring>. exhausting. <laughs> <laughs> but if I had to have dinner with any of our guests on this podcast, I would prefer to have dinner with her than most of the others. She's only probably beaten probably. out by Terrence. <laughs> oh, yeah, if I, would I rather I? have dinner with her or Varg? Oh, Ilona, hundred percent. You know, her or Evola? Or I couldn't understand Evola. I don't think. I don't know. Yeah. Did he actually speak English, or did he get somebody else to translate? I think he. Just I don't know. Assu- assuming, assuming you could I- understand each other. Let's just let's put the language. Julius Evola seems like a bit of an asshole. It'd probably be more interesting than a loner to talk to, though. Probably have. He would also be exhausting, though, because he would just like law dump Roman oh, dude, history and why why me? it validates his view that our society really needs a caste system on you. So, nah, I look. I'm sure she's a fine person. Yeah, <laughs> of everyone, I'm glad she has probably... done in her life. As Jack said yeah. in a text message, he said, at least she has Don's firm, caring hand to guide her. I think she keeps talking about his blue eyes, his firm hands, and how he looks like an eagle sometimes. That's a he, nice aspect. Yeah, she really loves Don. She really loves Don. Like, fucking adores the guy. So that's yeah. nice. So that's nice. That's nice. Um, but I'm I'm sure they're perfectly harmless people. Oh yeah, I I it's not like say when you read Mussolini where he, he definitely wasn't harmless. <laughs> he became a fascist dictator and joined the Nazis <laughs> yes. and trying to take over it's Europe. Yeah, not harm, not harmless. Evidence that Mussolini was not harmless. Vibe, Would you rather have harmless. dinner with with Benito uh, or Elona? Probably Elona. I'd be terrified. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think yeah. of everyone we've read probably would like to have dinner with Ilona the, or Bronze Age Pete Pervert. Or Terrence. I'd love to have dinner with Terrence. I think that'd be great fun to just oh, take that'd shrooms. Be, that'd be so <laughs> tiring. 
So I mean, look, I don't want to have dinner with anyone that we've read. <laughs> if you were forced to, please don't force me to. Please don't. Well, I mean, a lot of them are dead. So we're, we're safe from dinner with Mussolini. Uh, so, mate, I yeah. guess Ilona, probably, because she hasn't killed anyone. She hasn't <laughs> been a leader in the Second World War. She, she hasn't she shot, shot for, genocide, for genocide. She, she's not advocating to kill me, to yeah. stab me. Yeah, she at, didn't at shoot Andy Warhol and then try and shoot someone else in the head. So, so Alona's okay. Yeah. Alona's okay. Yeah. In our books, Alona Selke is okay. The crazy Good dolphin person. Lady. Good person. <laughs> On the, would you recommend And I do like the next her thing? versus Terence. Mm. Sorry, there's a garbage truck in the background. Her versus Terence. Wait, is it? Is it garbage day? No, it's not garbage day. <laughs> Sorry. Um, uh, her versus Terence. Uh, Terence, the problem with Terence's hippie crap, new agey bullshit, is that he's hyper prescriptive and moralistic about it. Yes. Whereas so Alona. And very judgmental. And he even has this whole idea of like the archaic revival and like tear down capitalism and all this crap. Whereas Alona is just, she's just a space kid. Think kitten. about dolphins. <laughs> and she just thinks about dolphins and she just wants people to love one another. <laughs> so yeah. she's cool, so man. That, that, is, that, is, that is a huge plus point for her. Yeah. So scores? <laughs> scores the dolphin the completely down. meaningless scores <laughs> I can't even remember what I've rated other books so it's not even meaningful as saying oh Jack likes this book more than this book it's just totally no, meaningless you can't, you can't compare across books so uh, look just the fact that it doesn't talk about killing people or genocide or Plus one. Racism or sexism or anything like that. Extermin- is it doesn't such advocate exterminating a huge anything. Anyone. Plus. That is, that is it's such not full a plus. of hatred, not anti Semitic. But when you read it, you feel like you're losing your mind. <laughs> <laughs> it's just relentless. Yeah. <laughs> and there were. There were well, I, mean, I I wasn't consciously aware of it, but I have external validation that I was groaning <laughs> in consternation while reading this. So, there is also that. I'll probably give it a how many how six, many six how many uh, how many side fins out of the water in ambiguous. <laughs> How many telepathic dolphins? How many how many fins waving fins do you give it? Six and a half vague symbols out of (laughs) ten. Would I recommend anyone read it? No, read the first ten pages and you've got the entire book. Yeah, just apply some sort of algorithm with. Slight variation. Repeat it for another two hundred pages. Feed it into GPT three <laughs> and have a never, never conversation with a loner. Conversation with a loner. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
Can you imagine if someone actually did that? Gave GPG three wisdom of the dolphins as a prompt. Well, here's the thing, Jack. She also has. She has at least one other book. Mm. She no, she has Dolphins Love and Destiny, Yoga for the Soul, by Ilona Selke, and Aelin Learns to Use His Imagination by Ilona Selke. So she does have two. That might be enough source material to feed to GPT three. Never ending dialogue with the dolphins. My score and a seven. Uh, just like all of Alona's thoughts, it's completely arbitrary, but very meaningful. <laughs> <laughs> but it's not a coincidence. No. No, this was preordained. <laughs> um, I'm sure Joe the Dolphin is spinning in circles in delight. I'm glad that there's people out there like Alona. It makes me... As long as she's not having, like, crazy, um, like, uh, paranoid or malicious delusions, it kind of... It makes me feel kind of, like, warm inside mm. to think that there is there is a person out there just trundling around Arizona and and Hawaii just imagining that she's communing with interdimensional <laughs> dolphins and and that like as long as she's safe and she's okay and you know she's got food on the table I don't care man like that's that sounds like a great existence fucking good on her <laughs> keep it up We'll see you next time. Are we reading Alexander Dugan? Oh, Something me. topical. <laughs>